0: What's up, Kayalfa? Welcome back to the Anchor Room. This is Rigo and Pete here, and we're going to start off with a ver- another very important question that has been on many people's minds, particularly Matt Correa. Shout out to our friend Matt, and he submitted the following question, Pete. Here we go. All right. Do you, would you prefer hair for teeth or teeth for hair? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just think about it. Think about what that would look like. <laughs> hair for teeth, oh or teeth my. for hair? Mm. Hmm. And I have to choose one. You have to choose one. Oh it's man, a good insightful question about mm-hmm. the state of your soul. I think. <laughs> oh my!
1: <laughs> I think I would probably choose hair for teeth. Okay, yeah, I think okay. that's because you don't always have to show your teeth, but teeth on your head, I can't
0: imagine <laughs> having teeth coming out of your head. So Can you imagine putting those in a ponytail? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> so I just can't imagine, because it's not acceptable yeah. everywhere to like, wear a hat. But you could always master the grin where you don't show your. <laughs> that you but but what about you know when you talk? Teeth. What yeah. about
0: when you talk? You know you have to show your teeth when you talk. Right? I don't
1: know. Maybe you could master something. I don't know. I'll try. <laughs> yeah. Well, good, I, I've never heard that question. There you go. Well, for
0: that reason, I chose uh, teeth for hair because I'd rather my mouth be, you know, I'll just. Uh, I don't know, me showing my grin with my teeth, my real teeth, I guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as somebody who has uh, lost my hair, (laughs) maybe I I value not having teeth up there. I don't know. I'm
0: trying to envision what that would look like, but maybe uh, that'll conjure up some other images of revelation I don't want (laughs) to ponder too deeply on. (laughs) Uh, Great. So, hey, welcome back. As we said, we are going to... Uh, dive into some real student questions that uh, were submitted to us. By the way, thank you for submitting questions. Uh, We've been having a really fun time uh, getting to discuss them. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and jump here to the question. All right. The first question that we have, Pete, is, how do I know that the direction I'm being given is from God and not from myself?
1: Okay, wow, that's uh, a good question. I think that's a question that all of us have asked at one point or another, oh, yeah. like, is that God or is that the pizza from last night, yep. you know? I asked that
0: this morning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so I think that it, that uh, that is a, a very common question. I think I'd probably, depending on where that question's coming from, answer it in maybe two different ways. Um, first of all, if it's like a moment in time, is this from God or not, like an impulse, should I go talk to that person, Mm -hmm. should I pray for that person, should I you know, spend this time doing this, or send this person a text, or those kind of impulse kind of Mm -hmm. led by the spirit moments, was that the spirit or was that me? Mm. Um, I think I would probably start that question by asking another question very simply. Well, um, is it in line with the Word of God and with the heart of God? Yeah, that's true. So um, if, if it's in line with the Word of God and embodies his heart then i'm not sure you always have to answer the question mm. if that was god or you mm-hmm. because the truth is if you are in line with god's word and in line with god's heart which are the same right because mm-hmm. his yeah, heart is right. expressed in the word um, then you can just sometimes step out not quite sure if it's god or not mm-hmm. um, i remember a time i was walking back from an appointment this is this yeah. is kind of embarrassing <laughs> in some ways but it kind of i think people maybe will relate with it i was walking back from an appointment back to the office and these people had a car that they that were trying to start mm. on the side of the road and so i walked by and say hi and then i sense this impulse inside of me you should go pray for their car mm. i'm thinking hey oh man i don't know these people i don't know if they're christian or not and yeah. and i i mean i i assume god can heal cars but you know like he could cause the car to turn over yeah. you know and so I'm like, oh, man, was that the Lord, or was that just me, you know? And so I, I take a few steps. I stop. I take a few steps back. Then I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. I, and, I, and I start walking back to the office, and, and then I have this sense, like, oh, I, I really no. need to do it. So I go Join back. Join us. Yeah, so I go back, and I'm like uh, – so I just I'm, – I'm a person who um, – follows Jesus, and I feel like I should pray for your car that that it'll start. Do you care if I pray? And they're like, no, that's fine. And so I'm like, okay, Lord. <laughs> and I pray for the car. <laughs> and, oh, then the no. Lord. and then they get in, and it's the moment of truth. Will it start or not? And this thing went like 98% of the way towards starting. Before, it was like you know 20% of the way. Okay, and they went okay. 98% there of the way, and it was like getting ready to turn over. And it never started. Oh. And I went, Oh, <laughs> and we were so close. I mean it it was so much closer than the other times. I thought, the Lord's getting ready to start yeah, this yeah. guy. And I walked off. And I, I was and I you know, I said some some things to them. Sure, I don't remember sure. exactly what I said, and I walked off and I thought, What did I
0: lose? hmm Maybe
1: I was could be embarrassed a little yeah, bit. Yeah, your
0: pride a little bit. Yeah, maybe
1: a little bit of pride. <laughs> but but the fact is is I, I feel like in that moment that that was uh, holy is unto the Lord, that maybe it was just me. Maybe it wasn't yeah, the Lord, but right.
0: um,
1: but there was nothing to lose, but there was something to gain. And, and I don't really know. Maybe the Lord did something that I don't know. I'm not trying to yeah. project that, but those, there are possibilities of that. And so yeah. sometimes right. if, if you have an impulse to go talk to somebody and you don't know if it's the Lord or you, then just go talk to yeah. them. If you have an impulse to ask if you can pray with somebody, it may not be the, right, the Lord, but right. just pray with them. What, yeah. I mean, what can, um, can can can. Bad can come out of something mm-hmm. of that nature, so I would. So that's how mm-hmm. I'd answer that. Yeah. Now, if it's about um, should I move to Siberia yeah. to be a missionary,
0: very consequential stuff.
1: <laughs> then you're going to want to handle that a, a, a little bit different because yeah. it's more life altering, mm-hmm. and so uh, you're going to want to have a little bit more confidence if that was just you or the Lord. And mm-hmm. and there's many things that could be said about this, but again, is it consistent with the heart and revealed will of God Mm -hmm, in scripture. Right. right. Um, And one thing when, when you have impulses like that, does it have any sticking power? Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. two weeks later, even two months later, even two years later, is there still a sense where that moment is marked and etched in your Mm -hmm, mind? mm -hmm. Because though, you know, the Bible says that Mary received, um, these words about Jesus when he was a baby, and it says she treasured treasured them in her heart. And so when you have an impulse, a sense, maybe you're in worship and you sense the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit maybe speaking something to you, I would encourage you to treasure those things in your heart Mm -hmm, and take mm -hmm. them before the Lord in prayer and lean into them and say, Lord, is this you? And if it wasn't, it'll probably... Yeah. Made. if it was it'll probably continue to grow and mm-hmm. he'll begin to show you more absolutely as you read god's word yeah certain things will come out the page you'll listen to a podcast mm-hmm. and it's you know it's like yeah. you're getting s- sometimes right. triangulated
0: by the lord yeah if you will, <laughs> yeah where definitely it seems like he's speaking he won't to let you, you run away
1: <laughs> yeah and, and so so i would say uh you know, depending on what you're talking about specifically, how do I know if it's the Lord or not? The bar is different mm-hmm. um, depending on what it is that uh, you feel like the Lord may be asking of you. So anyways, that's a great question that we've all wondered. Yeah. Um, and if it's about the trajectory of your life, I'd encourage some treasuring time Yeah. and um, get godly counsel from people around you. So who do you talk to yeah. in moments like this? Right. I would say talk to people that possess two things. Mm-hmm. One, they are mm-hmm. wise and two people of faith
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um,
1: because people who aren't going to be scared to encourage you to take a step of faith, as the Holy Spirit would yeah, be asking you to yeah, take a step of faith, right. but are also wise to help you discern if this is um, of the Lord or not. And so you want people who are a mixture of both of those. And so you're going to want to uh, take it to God's word. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to take it to godly counsel. You're going to want to treasure it. Yeah. And then um, see what the Lord is doing in the midst of all mm-hmm.
0: of that. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. So the next question we have here is, how can I find a balance between living in reverent fear of God and being in awe of his goodness? We talked a lot about great images uh, of of the throne room and, and this great image of seeing Jesus, the lamb and throne in the center of it all. And so I think I really like this question about how, yeah, how, where's the balance between being fearful but also in in healthy awe of who this God is.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because the two words that were used, a reverent fear or a awe mm-hmm. of his goodness, um, it's interesting to have those juxtaposed because if somebody asks me, what is the definition of the fear of the Lord? What does it mean to fear the Lord? My definition that I've used for years is a reverential awe mm. of God. And so I Got combine him. those two, right? So yeah. there's a reverence and then there is also an, an awe of mm-hmm. him, of him that come this reverential awe that kind of comes together. Um, and part of that awe is of his goodness. Yeah. And so, yeah. In chapter four, we get this picture of the the authoritative, mm-hmm. Almighty God who um, is surrounded by the storm, so yeah, to speak, the thunderstorm. Yeah. The power right. emanates from his yeah. throne, and and the uh, pictures that are so. Glorious about His holiness, right? Yeah. His his character is holy. His capacity is Almighty. Mm -hmm. And then in chapter five, we see um, the another reality of God that is expressed Mm -hmm. as um, the Lamb is at the center and the sacrificial love of God expressed through Christ. And you know, as I was thinking about that question, I was reminded of how these two come together in the story of the lion, the witch and the wardrobe. Mm, It's kind of a classic classic, exchange um, where Aslan is the, the Christ figure yeah, and uh, the beavers are talking to uh, uh, about Aslan to uh, Lucy and Lucy asked, is he a man? Mm -hmm, Right? mm -hmm, Yeah. And the beaver, Mr. Beaver says Aslan, a man, (laughs) certainly not. Yeah. I tell you, he's the, King of the wood, the son of the great emperor beyond the sea, and you know, starts going on about him. Don't you know that who who is the king of the beasts? Mm-hmm. Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion, right? And so this idea of like, whoa! And so uh, so Susan uh, responds, "Oh, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous <laughs> about meeting a lion." Yeah. And by the way, I'm reading this. I don't yeah, yeah. Memorized, right? <laughs> but I pulled it up when yeah, I saw yeah, the right. question. And then um, the beaver responds, that you will, dearie, and no mistake. And the beaver says this, if there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just silly. (laughs) And then Lucy says, then he isn't safe? And Mr. Beaver, this is the classic exchange, um, says, safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he's not safe, but he's good. He's the great king, I tell you. Mm-hmm. And this idea that um, that there is this uh, reverential awe of mm-hmm. the fear of the Lord of the holiness of God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, that caused when Isaiah saw the holiness of God and proclaimed, which this is a quote of, "Holy, holy, mm-hmm. holy," right? Mm-hmm. When he proclaimed that, he, he it says he became undone. He's like, yeah, "I'm a man of right. unclean lips." He he saw the holiness of God, and he's and it was right. a... A jarring uh-huh. reality yeah. to him. Um, yeah. But he's also uh, the God who is good. He's not safe, mm-hmm. but he is
0: good. Yeah.
1: And so I think it's about holding those two together where we can understand the privilege we have when it says, mm-hmm. so we can come boldly before the throne right. of grace. Yeah. That, yeah, he, God is holy, but because of what Jesus has done, mm-hmm. we can then come boldly before the throne of grace. And I think, um, in our world today, when I say our world, I, I should say our Christian culture. Mm-hmm, maybe that's a little mm-hmm. more specific. That sometimes um, we have focused so much in on how you can be intimate with God that mm-hmm. we've lost a sense of His holiness. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And and I and so I I want to recapture the reverential yeah. awe of God, but at the same point, I don't want to. Focus on his holiness so much that we miss his imminence, his mm-hmm. um, that, that that he does want a personal relationship right. with us through Christ. And I think it's it's not an either or; it's a both and. Mm-hmm. And so um, we know then what a privilege we have to be, have a relationship right. with such a holy
0: God. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, that we can that he even as a lion is still he's not safe. But even in these images, we get in the lion which in the ro- wardrobe of this line playing with children and going on this journey Mm -hmm. with the children, you know, and, and that's how God is. He's powerful, but yet he's still approachable. And, and even as we get in, in that image in the book of Revelation, in in the book of Romans, sorry, where Paul says, uh, we now cry Abba Father, right? right. This this very rabbinical uh, phrase that Jewish children would use to, to call out to their dad, to their dads, that it's not, it's not just like saying dad, it's like saying dad, dad. You know, mm-hmm. which my son is kind of doing that mm-hmm. now. And, and mm-hmm. so he it, it's definitely that image that we get of, of this intimacy that God desires to have with us. But yet at the same time, he is powerful and preeminent. And uh, yeah, he's, he's got thunder surrounding him, all these elders, the rainbows and, you know, crystal seas. And um, and yeah, it's amazing. You,
1: you know, I'm reminded of the Lord's Prayer. How does Jesus teach us mm-hmm. to pray? How does Jesus teach us to approach God? He says we should approach him as our Father. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing we get is hallowed be your name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it pulls these two together, right? That he is our Father, by which, and then the spirit within us cries out, Abba Father, right? Mm-hmm. So we are to, right. to approach him as our Heavenly Father, and then yet also say, "Hallowed be Your name, mm-hmm. and revere His name." And in other words, not um, bring Him down from who, what His true nature is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and the greatness and the uniqueness and the glory of His being. Yeah. And, and so, e- even Jesus, as He teaches us to approach God boldly before the throne of mm-hmm. grace, tells us to say, "Our Father,
0: Hallowed be Your name." Yeah, yeah. A personal question I have is, what does a peel of thunder sound like? Because like a banana peel doesn't really make much of a sound. Well, you but. didn't grow up in the Midwest, my friend. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I'll
1: tell you what, when you hear a peel of thunder, it, it can scare the cheese out of you, man. <laughs> Bob! boom and you wonder if a if a <laughs> bomb went off sometimes yeah. i mean it is just so powerful it's, yeah. it's i mean it will rattle the windows right yeah. okay and, okay and it is uh i'm it, it, there's something about the the glory of a good <laughs> thunderstorm i remember when i was out in southern california uh, whenever i was i guess maybe uh, early college or late in high school yeah. i don't remember exactly and there was like these little flashes of lightning in the uh-huh. sky and everybody was in awe of it i'm like <laughs> This, this is like an average Tuesday yeah, yeah. in the Midwest. And so, yeah, I think sometimes if you grew up in a culture where those storms right. come quickly and come powerfully, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. then, man, the imagery of the right. power just emanating from his throne. But that throne that's surrounded mm-hmm. by the rainbow. Yeah. That that reminds mm-hmm. us of his mercy yeah, his promises. and his faithfulness, and he's a God yeah. who keeps promises and makes covenants with yeah. his people. What a glorious combination. Yeah, oh.
0: ama- amazing. Dangerous, ominous in some ways, but in, in, in other ways, so hopeful and approachable. Yes. Yeah, it's it, so it, encouraging.
1: I, I tell you, <laughs> the more I study the book of Revelation, the more I just fall in love with the power of the truths that it, it, it yeah. depicts through these powerful images.
0: Yeah. So no. Well, yeah. Talking about all these little details, let's talk about numerology. We haven't really had uh, much of an occasion to talk well, about numerology
1: numbers. <laughs> can get kind of funky. So well, let's talk about what numbers. Let's talk about numbers in, right. in Revelation, and not
0: necessarily the Book of Numbers, but just numbers <laughs> in general, because. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of talk about seven spirits, 24 threes, and right. yeah, why don't you t- tell us a little bit about um, the numbers that we observe in, in the book?
1: Yeah, you know, so numbers are used very, very purposefully in the book of Revelation, and most of the time symbolically. There's some mm-hmm. places where we're not sure if it's symbolic or not, but most of the places very symbolically, and so there's repetition of certain numbers, like the 24 elders, mm-hmm. Um it, w- Some people believe that they are, uh, they represent, of course, there's these angelic kind of the council Mm -hmm. of God, right? His cabinet, if Mm -hmm, you will, mm -hmm. They represent the 12 tribes of Israel and Mm -hmm. then the 12 apostles, so the 24 is the 12 plus 12. Uh, Next week, we're going to look at a passage that looks at the Mm 144,000, which is 12 mm -hmm. times 12 times Mm 1,000, which is um, this kind of picture of the completeness Mm -hmm. uh, number. And anyways, uh, it's interesting, as I was... Uh, reading a book on, on the book of Revelation, uh, this really excellent New Testament scholar um, pointed out the names of Jesus and how many times each name was used. For example, mm. the name of Jesus is used 14 times in the mm-hmm. book of Revelation, according to Richard Bauckham, and, and Christ is used, I believe, seven times. Mm-hmm. But then, the most common name for Jesus in the book of Revelation is the name we discovered this week. It's mm-hmm. Lamb. Mm-hmm. And do you know how many times the the name Lamb or the, La- the, the Lamb mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. mentioned? It's mentioned 28 times. Of course, mm-hmm. 4 times 7. Okay, why is that a big deal? Mm-hmm. Well, in the book of Revelation, the number 4 is the number of creation. And so in mm. chapter 7, it, it says um, that there were the four corners of the earth holding back mm, the four right, winds. Right. And then you have the four living creatures that mm-hmm. all have a different uh, face representing um, creation and, and so and then each time uh, the different peoples are mentioned right. it, it always mentions a, a four for every people, nation, language, tribe mm-hmm. and you know and it will mention four yeah, right Yeah, right and, and that's not by accident and so here's here's the glorious thing. You have the lamb mentioned twenty eight times seven the number of fullness times four the number mm-hmm. of creation and what is the the picture of the lamb and throughout the book, is that He is the Redeemer of all of uh, all of the world. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, when I look at these details, I'm just blown away and yeah. in awe of the glory of what a piece of work, of literature right. um, that we have in Revelation, that um, the detail is so powerful, and of course, anointed by the Spirit as God's Word. Yeah. And um, just, yeah, I, I just... When I when I discovered that I almost just wanted to scream hallelujah. Yeah, it mean, is that? so he, powerful to me. And
0: here I thought I would never use algebra as a campus pastor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, there you go. And then of course in the end of uh, chapter 7 that he is worthy of what and it lists seven things. That's mm-hmm. again. I don't believe that's by accident. 7 is re, you know just the number of fullness. He's worthy of power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Amen. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Th- those seven things. Again, uh-huh. he's in other words, he's worthy of it all. Yeah, of everything. Yeah. And so, um, of course, the name Lord God Almighty. How many times do you think that's used? Mm-hmm. Seven times. Wow. You know, I yeah. mean, just and, and again, I'm not smart enough to pick up on these things, but scholars who have studied <laughs> right, those yeah. and point those out and and just um, re- some really powerful details mm-hmm. that draw us to the fact of this. This book is Mm God-centered because our ultimate reality is Mm God-centered. And so our lives should be God-centered.
0: Yeah. No, that's really good. And, um, you know, we were also talking about how even some of the images that we get are very intentional of Jesus and how one of those images is Jesus as lamb, right? Mm -hmm. That even in this spiritual dimension that God allowed John to see he didn't just depict Jesus as a lion but gave John a very intentional view of Jesus as a lamb Um, yeah why do you think that that was so important for him to see and consequently us to see as a church now in our present day and age
1: yeah it's a powerful uh, surprising and Huge reversal moment mm-hmm. in the text, right? You get yeah. ready to get a description of the lion as John turns and he mm-hmm. sees a, a lamb that looks like he'd been slaughtered.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is
1: yeah? Wh- what is it that's being depicted here? Well, one, it's obviously a picture of the Passover mm-hmm. lamb that yeah. brings again the, all the threads of Scripture together that God redeems to the ultimate Passover lamb, who's Christ. Mm-hmm. But I think in this moment when. It is a picture of how God redeems. He redeems in surprising ways, in apparent weakness. He shows his strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And in a world that is so hungry for power, and of course the Roman world definitely was, mm-hmm. that, that God doesn't play by the same rules. Mm-hmm. But he shows yeah. his power through his weakness, right? Yeah. It, or through the expression of weakness of the cross, right? That was the ultimate sign of his power, Yeah, was through... The weakness of a cross, mm-hmm, and it just mm-hmm. it's so subversive of our culture. And then here's the interesting thing: as um, we find out that God redeems through the Lamb, what well, we're going to find out as we keep walking through this book that how do His people bring redemption into the world and expand His kingdom? It's mm-hmm. through fighting like the yeah. Lamb. In other mm. words, through being willing to sacrifice mm. like the Lamb sacrificed, yeah. right? And that it calls us to the Oof. same posture that. Um, that we are to represent this God of power yeah, through what looks to the world as apparent uh-huh. weakness.
0: Yeah. And that's
1: how the kingdom goes forward. That's chapters yeah. 11 and 12. We're going to get to that. That's
0: hard, yeah, because some of us – well, maybe I should say many of us don't like losing.
1: <laughs> right, and, and what it says in it, the picture is like in our apparent losses actually – our victory, mm-hmm. and and, mm-hmm. and the way that the kingdom goes forward is by people being willing to quote unquote fight like the lamb. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'd say quote unquote that's what my friend Sean Gallion <laughs> said years ago, and I've never forgotten yeah. it. That the way we live is we model our lives after the lamb. Yeah, we um, one day we will rule with him, but now mm-hmm. we model ourselves after the example of the lamb.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really powerful as we kind of even. Think about what that means in our relationships here, right with our peers, with our family, you mm-hmm. know or even even how we treat career opportunities and advancement, right? How do mm-hmm. we kind of yeah balance that um, that nature of wanting to fight for the best but also being humble and and like a, a lamb uh, s- sent to the slaughter in mm-hmm. in, in some respects because it, it's countercultural. Here is you know very countercultural. So yeah, but the kingdom
1: that that's the nature of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's subversive to the culture of this world, and the good news is that is the picture of how we overcome. Mm-hmm. Right. We overcome by following the Lamb, by modeling the Lamb, and living the Lamb life, if you will, yeah. which is um, not one that is um, going to always end up with your name in life. No,
0: it's not a trendy hashtag, for sure. (laughs) it's
1: not, but it is the way of of Jesus, and it's the way God brought victory and redemption into the world, and it's ultimately the way he'll use us to do the same.
0: Yeah, great. Well, thanks for sharing, Pete. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed this uh, algebraic refreshment of uh, the numbers we see in uh, Revelation and how it can really be an encouragement to us to know Uh, the intentionality behind all these repetitions and all these groups that we see in the book of Revelation. Um, Awesome, guys. Well, we hope that you have a wonderful week, and we will uh, stay tuned to you as we (laughs) come. I'm going to do that again. Well, we hope that you've enjoyed this. Uh, It's been great getting to dive in a little deeper at the representations we see in the book of Revelation with all these numbers and and the images of Jesus as the Lamb. Um, So we hope that you have a great week diving deeper into this idea.